You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so grateful, we are so thankful for the opportunity to be in your presence. We are here to talk about new creation ambassadors and especially as we delve into the issue of being agents of light we are asking that tonight let light shine in the midst of us in any place in our lives where there is darkness let light shine and as your light shines me the power of the darkness be forever loosed over us may great grace flow god towards us i pray tonight that as we see ourselves in the light of who we are may our lives truly not be the same in the name of jesus the son of god we pray amen all right so god bless you thank you for making time to be with us we are starting a new series it's not really different from the old one because we've been talking about the new creation for some time but after the conference i am led by the spirit to re-emphasize and re-echo certain truths and i believe that these truths are very critical for our next level the lord has ushered us into another level and it is important for us to be able to receive this level with a certain kind of humility with a certain kind of attitude and my prayer is that we will not miss our place in the name of jesus so i'm going to be talking to us tonight about new creation ambassadors and also not only that but that we are agents of light i'm going to try and see if i can use the next two weeks to try and shed more light on that but i pray that the lord will give us understanding as we talk about these issues let's begin now we all know about the new creation we've been talking about the new creation so i'm not going to go back to talk about the new creation what it is or what it is not but i'm going to focus more on the ambassadorial aspect of the new creation and why i am talking about we being ambassadors of the new creation when we go to second corinthians chapter 5 that's where we find that we are ambassadors the test is there we are reminded that we are ambassadors there now when we look at second corinthians 5 it highlights a lot of issues the agent aspect of the assignment when we begin to read second corinthians chapter 5 these are some of the points the writer makes this is apostle paul writing to the church in corinth and he's telling them that in verse 5 he says that he who has prepared us for this very thing is god who has given us the spirit as a guarantee so position has been prepared by God. Of this particular statement about we putting on the true body, clothing ourselves with a true body, with our true self. In the verse 1, he says that we know that we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So he's talking about body we have to understand that the experience of the resurrection life is in two phases 
right? Whenever we are talking about we being the new creation, it's about the resurrected life. The resurrected life is in two phases. Now, the first phase is the one that we receive when Christ buys. He, 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 he brings us through the death, burial, resurrections. And Apostle Paul actually says that this is embodied in the process of baptism. It is typified by the process of baptism. So that when we were baptized, when we were immersed in the water, it signified that we had died with Christ. And when we came out of the water, it signified that we were raised with him from the dead. So that is the first part. Now, the second part will happen in that day when we finally see him face to face. That is when we will receive the true celestial body. That is where we will receive um, the, 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 the glorious body, the incorruptible body. But whilst here we have received the spirit that guarantees that life, that guarantees that kind of body, the Holy Spirit. Now, if we came to the conference, you understand that we talked about the Zoe life. Now, we said that the Zoe life, Zoe is the general description of life in Greek, but, but for us as Christians, when we look at it also, when they mystify Zoe as the Greeks do, and particularly for Christians, it typified the life of the world to come because the Zoe life for the Christian is the very life of God. Now, this very life comes with a benefit, and that benefit is called the celestial body. Now, if you want to understand what I mean, you have to read 1 Corinthians 15. And when we read 1 Corinthians 15, you're going to see that the apostle is going to highlight the different kinds of uh, and the descriptions of the bodies that operate in, in these realms. So let's quickly go to 1 Corinthians 15 so that we will be able to see some of the things that the apostle is trying to highlight and and remember the glory of all these body is that everything is in Christ now in first Corinthians 15 he he, he goes on to um, emphasize the resurrection life that's how he opens the, the the book right he talks about the resurrection of jesus christ so remember whenever we are talking about the resurrection of jesus christ the the aim of the writer is to point to us that we have been called to new creation life whenever there is an emphasis on the resurrection of christ it is talking about the promise of god to renew the earth to renew us as human beings and for us that life is called the regenerate life so when i talk about the new creation life being in two phases the first phase is what we call the regeneration of the spirit and the second phase is what we call the clothing with the celestial body now when we start reading it says that god gives a body to each seed right and 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 for animals they have their own body right so every animal has a body for its kind then it goes on to say first corinthians 15 42 42 that there are heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies right so right now the angels have heavenly bodies and we as human beings we have earthly bodies but the, the the glory of the heavenly is of one kind the glory of the earthly is of another so the glory of the earthly body is for us as believers is the regenerated body is the regenerated life and that means that we can have a foretaste of the heavenly body the benefits of the life that we can possess in the heavenly body we can have a foretaste of that life 
in the earthly body it is called the glory of the earthly body it is made possible by the holy spirit through regeneration right there is one glory of the sun another glory of the moon another glory of the stars for star differs from star in glory so is it with the resurrection of the dead what is sown perishable will be raised imperishable right so there is there is that kind these these are the two types the regenerated body which is a body that is infused with the life of god by the holy spirit that body it's it it has its supply of life of vigor of strength might everything from the holy spirit but there is one that we will receive when christ appears when all the age has come to an end and when christ comes to reign in zion forever as king in person where we our eyes will see him we are no longer going to operate with the earthly body but we are going to operate with what apostle paul calls the celestial body or the heavenly body so i just want to draw your attention to that now in understanding this when we go back to second corinthians chapter 5 and you realize that he begins to open the statement by reminding us of that glorious body that has been prepared for those who are going to stay with god to the end right then he goes on to say that we have been given a ministry now remember verse 15 and he says that when christ died for all he died that those who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sake died and was raised so christ has died so that we might live for him in our earthly body when we receive him from now on therefore we regard no one according to the flesh even though we once regarded christ according to the flesh we regard him thus no longer therefore if anyone is in christ is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come now i'm going to our ambassadorial assignment all this is from god who through christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation our ambassadorial assignment begins with an understanding of our ministry of reconciliation now if you think about reconciliation reconciliation is more about the restoration the word is katalege katalege and what katalege means restoration to the divine restoration to the divine so the ambassadorial assignment is we getting that understanding that we have been given a ministry to restore people to the divine life and how do we restore people to the divine life we have to reconcile them to the source that is the father whenever a natural man is reconciled to god in christ jesus what that person received is the divine life remember i believe is it first or second peter he says that through his wonderful promises we have made to become partakers of his divine nature divine nature so when we receive christ and we receive the holy spirit the assignment that we are given is the ministry of reconciliation and that reconciliation is about the restoration to the divine life let's continue reading when we continue reading it says then in verse number 19 and 20 20 in particular is where it emphasizes our ambassadorial assignment in verse 19 it says that that is in christ god is reconciling the world back to himself 
not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So the work of the ambassador is that he is entrusted with a message and that message is a reconciliatory message. When we say reconciliation, what a lot of people think about naturally is when people are arguing and we settle the argument and we bring them back together, we say we reconcile them. Especially when we have married couples that are fighting and it's leading to separation or attempted divorce and a counselor comes in and the issues are resolved at the end of the day we say that we have reconciled them but this reconciliation is not to be understood in that way you see the danger is if you understand this reconciliation in the sense that you are being brought back after you have had a dispute or an argument it's like thinking that i have had an argument with god and i am angry and god is angry and so now the new believer who is an ambassador or a new creation ambassador has been given an assignment to settle god's anger and my anger so that god and i we can make up and that is why we are not supposed to think about this reconciliation in that sense. The best way to think about this reconciliation is to restore the lost, the disconnected, the unsaved back to God. That is to restore them to the divine life. The divine life is the life of Adam in the beginning in the garden. That is the divine life. So Adam lost that and the second Adam has come to give us that ministry so that we can restore people back to Eden. Now remember, in this divine life, Adam was able to name all the animals. In this divine life, Adam was put in a garden where he lacked nothing. In this divine life, Adam was never so that is the divine life. So we have been given this ministry of reconciliation so that in Christ, the Father will reconcile the whole world back to himself. And so we are entrusted with this message. We can get back to Eden. We can become sons and daughters of god again we can have the divine life again that is the message and so in verse 20 he says that therefore so you see therefore therefore is connecting the the previous statements so it means that to understand verse 20 you have to understand the argument he has been making from verse 17 we are a new creation god is trying to reconcile the world back to himself in christ therefore you have been appointed as an ambassador and given a ministry to reconcile this lost world back to christ i'm going to show us how we are doing that and he says that therefore we are ambassadors for christ now remember, we are not ambassadors for God. We are ambassadors for Christ. It is important that we understand this very statement. We are not ambassadors for God. We are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now, let me emphasize the reason why I am echoing that we are not ambassadors for God, but we are ambassadors for Christ. Now, when we read Philippians, Philippians sees this. After Christ had met the conditions of righteousness, 
by paying the price of the cross. The Bible says that he was exalted above all beings and the kingdom was given to him. We also see this in the book of Daniel chapter number 7. He says that and I saw one like the son of man and to him was given all the kingdoms of the world. So you have to understand that the kingdoms of the world has been given to Jesus Christ. And so what we are operating now is the government of Christ. Now don't get me wrong, God has a place. Now remember everything that Christ is doing is for the Father. John's gospel, he made it very clear, I have come to do the will of the Father. So whatever Christ is doing, he is doing it for the Father. But currently, Christ is the administrator of this kingdom. And he is administrating or controlling this kingdom by the Holy Spirit. When we read the book of Psalms, he said that I will declare the decree that I had my Lord say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Now, and when we read the book of Hebrews, he says that when Christ died, he died for sin once and for all. And after he had paid the price for sin, he has been given a seat at the right hand of the Father that he might sit. And as he is sitting, the Bible said that he is sitting, all his enemies have been brought to his footstool. So the kingdom has been delivered to Christ. Christ is administering or overseeing the affairs of this kingdom. Now, the kingdom that Christ is overseeing is called his body. So I don't know if you have heard me say this. It is very important that we understand it. The, the functionalities and the role of the Trinity. The desire of the Father is the world. The Father wants to save the world. He wants all men to be saved. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave Christ, that whoever will believe in Christ will be brought back to him, will receive the gift of eternal life. So God loves the world. God wants to save all men. God blesses all men, whether you are a Christian, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are a Hindu, whether you are a fetish priest. God, the Father, loves all men. And he wants particularly those who have been cut off from his family to be brought back. Now, in order to achieve that, he had to do it through Christ. So he sent Christ to die. And when Christ came to die, what Christ was given was a kingdom. That kingdom is called the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. So the desire of Christ is to build and to finish building his body. The focus of Christ is not the world. Please pay attention to what I'm saying. The focus of Christ is not the world it is his body he is a head looking for a body without spot or wrinkle now the role of the holy spirit in this assignment is that the holy spirit builds men so that these men can be fit into the body and the men who are members of this body can go out into the unsaved world to preach the message of the kingdom which is the gospel and the gospel is the message of the new creation the message of hope the bible calls this message the blessed hope and this blessed hope is that all men can be saved if you will believe in jesus christ and so the holy spirit builds men who understand the vision of Christ and when they have understood the vision of Christ, 
Christ is able to expand their capacity to understand the vision of the Father, and that is the vision of the world, the salvation of the world. God wants to save all men. The Father wants to save all men. And so if the Father wants to save all men, Christ wants to save all men. And that is why he came to die. Christ came to die because he wants to see the Father save all men. However, in saving all men, the focus of Christ is his body. So he appoints ambassadors in his body. And he commissions and entrusts them with this message called the message of reconciliation. The message to speak to the world, the good news to speak to the world is that man can live in Eden again. That is the good news. The good news is that the world can be saved. And when we understand this, we go all out telling all men that God loves you and he wants you to come back. Just like the prodigal son who has run away from home, the father is standing on top of the building every day looking out, looking for how many of his sons are coming back home. And whenever he sees any coming towards the house, he runs towards them to welcome them back. And just like the prodigal son is restored with a ring and a coat, so he does for everybody. So as the message goes out, as Christ sends us out, when we go out, in doing the bidding of Christ, what we are eventually doing is we are doing the bidding of the Father. So by honoring the assignment of Christ, we are honoring the desire of the Father. And the chief focus of Christ is to please the Father. Jesus, all he lives for is to please the father and the more we as ambassadors we understand our role and we go out so what are we we are new creation ambassadors you know we've heard about the gospel of the kingdom and i know that many of us we have heard the message the gospel of the kingdom the gospel of the kingdom preached in so many ways by so many people but i dare to believe that the true gospel of the kingdom is the gospel of this reconciliatory message. And that is that God is restoring all men back to himself in Christ Jesus. He is bringing us all back to Eden. In this Eden, it is not the first Adam that is there. It is the second Adam that is the administrator of this Eden. This second Adam cannot be deceived by the serpent. Right? So, Christ is bringing us all back to Eden. So that as a family, we can sit at the table with the Father. Eat with the Father. Feast with the Father. Worship the Father. Honor the Father. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. It is the new creation. It is about the restoration of all things. Now, if you take your time and you read your Bible, you are going to see this theme of new creation come out over and over again in so many pictures. In so many pictures. But when you look at the picture that is consistent from Genesis to Revelation, is the picture that the world lost its place and God in Christ is restoring the world. And the restoration is in phases. So the first restoration was Christ coming to die on the cross in order to qualify us to become family members, especially we who are Gentiles, to qualify us 
and not only to qualify us but to also be able to appoint us as ambassadors you see an ambassador is an emissary of a government that is the one thing that you have to understand an ambassador is an emissary of a, of a government so the role of the ambassador is not like the role of a normal citizen an ambassador has powers of the state he operates with the powers of the state so in going out to reconcile all men back to god we go with the powers of the state and that is why in matthew chapter 28 it is it is very clear what jesus says verse 18 all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me so all authority in heaven and earth it is what it is the government it is the administration of the universe it has been given to me so that go therefore and make disciples you see that is the charge of the ambassador go and make disciples how are we making disciples a true disciple of christ is one who understands that they are members of the family of god and as a member of the family of god there is a moral code there is a way to live and they live in that way that is a disciple if i'm supposed to summarize it in its best form as i can and it says that go make disciples of all the nations so you see a true government is always looking at how their influence can be spread abroad but you see the government of christ is not like a democratic government it is a kingdom government a kingdom's desire is to dominate other kingdoms any kingdom that sees itself as having the best systems the best people their ultimate desire is to make all the other cities or countries or territories around them become part of them so the the government of christ is not a democratic government but it is a kingdom government the reason why we have to explain it in that sense is that a kingdom is ruled by a king and in that kingdom it is the word of the king that prevails over every other thing in a kingdom it is said that the word of the king is a law so christ's government is not a democrat government where you can say that let's go to parliament and vote on this issue we don't vote on any issue in this government it is what christ desires it is the desire of the king that is performed in the territory of his kingdom so teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you and i'll be with you to the end of the age so that is the charge of the ambassador mark chapter 16 puts it this way mark chapter 16 says that verse number 15 go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation now remember if you look at mark's charge go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation you have to understand that the whole creation involves the environment too it involves the environment too so if you understand this then understanding romans chapter 8 becomes easier when he says that all of creation await earnestly the manifestation of the children of god for the creation itself so this creation involves all things created trees river bodies stones mountains everything so we are supposed to go and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation and he said and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name they will cast out demons they will speak with a new tongue they will pick up serpents with their hands and they will drink any deadly poison and it will not hurt them they will lay their hands on the sick they will recover so you can see that this is assignment as i said the ambassador is not an ordinary citizen the ambassador 
steps out to perform his duties backed by the powers of the government. So as ambassadors, whenever we step out, we step out knowing that the entirety of heaven is backing us. And that is why a man like Elisha was confident when an entire nation came against him. He said to his servant Gehazi that, don't be afraid. There are more people on our side than on their side. Why? Because he understood that as an emissary or an ambassador to the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, he does not go anywhere as an individual. He goes as a government. It is important that we understand this. Now, I'm taking my time to lay this foundation because if we don't understand this in this light, all the other things that we'll be saying, it will be as if we are trying to motivate you to become something you are not. So, understanding that the ambassador goes with the authority of the kingdom. Now, I was saying Mark chapter 16 to bring the point to Romans chapter number 8. It says that, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Now, the, the sons of God here, the word sons here is very important because he's not talking about ordinary sons. That is, we are talking about Romans chapter 8 verse 19. We are not talking about ordinary sons. The sons here is the word heels. Heels is a reference to what we call the, the legitimate son. You know how when two couples are married, the possibility of children are two. You can either have biological children or you can have adopted children. When we talk about heels, heels is in light of biological children and biological children in in certain jurisdictions are considered like true heirs to an estate so that if they are sharing property if a man dies interstate and they are sharing his or her properties they are going to consider those who are his children that is from their wife first they do other ones a legitimate son that is the meaning of that word when we read saint john's epistle when he says that we are now the children of god what he is reminding us is that we are now the sons of god he said that beloved now are we the sons of god as legitimate sons Creation is waiting for legitimate sons. Who are legitimate sons? A legitimate son is one who is born with the seed of his father. The reason why we say they are legitimate sons, when you have a child and we want to know that that's your child, they take the DNA, they do the test to prove that the child is yours or not. Why? Because if it is your seed, then you are going to have the traits of your seed in that child so when we are born of god 1 john 3 to beloved now are we the sons of god it does not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when we shall appear we shall be like him but we shall see him so we are now the sons of god we are now the sons of god if we are now the sons of god then it means that we have to think as legitimate children. We are not bastards. In this one where we read the sons, the sons here is different or the children here is different from the one in Romans 8, 19. The one here is technon. And technon is more a reference to our posterity or our descendants. Now are we the descendants of God? Like we say, descendant of Abraham. When we say descendant of Abraham, what it draws your attention to is, is uh, what do you call it? 
if I'm a descendant of Abraham, then it means that I qualify for the promise. I am an heir to the promise. So now are we the sons of God? Now are we the children of God? What he's saying is that we qualify for every promise. We have every legitimate right to make the request and the demands of children as members of God's family. So back to Romans chapter 8 verse 19. He says that the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of god for the creation was subjected to futility not willingly not willingly but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of god for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. So it means that, you see, when we come to demonology, you are going to realize that a whole range of things are used illegitimately in creation. You are going to see that the sun, the moon, the stars, all these glorious creation of God is used illegitimately when you look at the online dictionary, it will give like two or three or four definitions of influence. In astrology, is the radiation of the ethereal fluid from the stars. So even in the natural world, they understand that there are there are there are powers in the stars that we can tap to influence human behavior. And people do that. And that is why in the book of Psalms, it says that the sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. Yeah, see? And what does it do? It affects human actions and destinies. So when people want to alter your destiny, they consult the moon, the stars, the sun. Even the people of the world, they understand this so. So this creation, the star, is begging that set me free. This is not what I was made for. I was made to bring glory to God, to Christ, and to the children of God. But now, you are afraid of, how many of us are afraid of cats? Why are you afraid of cats? It's because they are being used not in their original sense. Why are you afraid of wall gecko? It's because they are being used in another sense other than the purpose of their creation. Why are you afraid of setting trees? It's because it's used not according to its original purpose. So, the creation was subjected to futility not willingly. But whatever has happened, they are believing that one day, one day, a people will arise who will have the authority to effect the mandate of the real kingdom governed by the real God. And if these people come, we ask creatures we will be free to function in our true purpose to bring glory to God. Nowadays, stones are being used in, in ways they were not meant for. Trees are being used in ways that they are not meant for. Do you think that trees are happy when they are used to carve idols? No, they are not happy. And they are waiting for ambassadors to come to set them free. Now, having laid this foundation, let me connect it to our true subject matter for tonight. And that is that we are agents of light. Ambassadors are agents of light. And if we understand that we as ambassadors, we are agents of light, 
with a mandate to reconcile men and creation back to the Father in Christ Jesus, we are going to understand that living as light is very important to God, to Jesus Christ, to the Holy Spirit, to the angels, and to creation. Genesis chapter 1 verse 4. It says something interesting. And God said, let there be light. That is what he said in verse 3. And there was light. And when light came, the Bible says that God, he separated the light from the darkness. Why did God separate the light from the darkness? It is in the beginning of the sentence in verse 4. And that is, and God saw the light that it was good. So if you understand that when God created light, God created light to be good. And remember, we were made for good works. (laughs) So it means that every good work is a work of light. In fact, when you read this particular verse in its original version, the arrangement is very interesting because some of the words used there are not there. This is how it reads in the original version. It says this, And saw God the light, that good. And saw God the light, that good. And saw God the light, that good and divided God between the light, the darkness. So, when we read it in that context, what it actually says is that and God saw the light good. The was is an intermission there, it is introduced to help make the sentence make sense. And God saw the light good. So Light and good, they are joined together. And God saw the light good. So when you talk about goodness, it is light. And when you talk about light, it is good. And when God saw that the light was good, God separated. He says in Matthew 5, 14, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. You are means that you are. God is not saying that you will be. God is not saying that I hope you to be. God is not suggesting to you that you should be. God is telling you and I that we are. If we are light to the world, then what we are is we are not only new creation ambassadors but we are also agents of light it means that wherever we appear people must see light when jesus started his ministry in matthew's gospel chapter 4 this is what is said after his temptation when you start reading from from verse 12 now when they heard that john had been arrested he withdrew into galilee and when he came to galilee He leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. So, The point I want to make before we end tonight's service is this. If you want to be able to deal with death, you have to be convinced that you are light. Because you see, death is a representation of darkness. You see, when people die, what they do is that they close their eyes. When you close your eyes, the only thing you see is darkness. So, wherever there is darkness, the solution to anything that speaks of darkness is light. 
The only solution to darkness is light. You cannot have any other solution. You cannot pray in darkness to solve the issue of darkness. You cannot fast in darkness to solve the issue of darkness. You cannot clap your hands and jump and scream in darkness to solve the issue of darkness. The only way to solve the issue of darkness is to be light. So Christ is referred to as a great light. A great light. A great light. Now, if we go back to Genesis chapter 1, when you read the light there, the light is the word all in Hebrew. And the word all means light. It also means a luminary. A luminary is, in terms of esoteric teachings, a luminary is a divine being that appears with light on them. So, for instance, the Bible says that when Christ was born in the Gospel of Luke, the Bible says that the angels appeared and light shone all around. So, the angels that appeared can be referred to as luminaries. When you read Genesis chapter 1, when it talks about the creation of the, the sun, the moon, and stars, that's Genesis 1.14, I believe. The word, let there be lights. The lights there means let there be luminaries. Luminaries. So you can see that in the book of Job, in the book of Revelation, and in the book of Psalms, the angels are referred to as the stars of God. Luminaries. Luminaries. Let there be luminaries. Let there be luminaries in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Right. So, the purpose of light is to deal with the issue of darkness. Now, I want you to note something. Can we bring Genesis 1 verse 4 and Genesis 1 verse 14 together? And I want you to see if somebody sees something there. Okay. And there was evening and there was morning the first day remember if you look at verses 4 and 5 it calls the darkness night it defines what night is night is the darkness and you realize that it calls the evening and the morning the first day i just want you to know how Darkness is defined. The definition of darkness is night. Night. So, when you read the Bible, one of the things you are going to see is that whenever God is talking to his covenant people, to Israel, he never refers to their troubles in light of night. Whenever he uses the word night, it is in reference to the Gentiles. So for this evening, I want to draw your emphasis on the fact that we are ambassadors to the new creation. The reconciliatory message is the new creation message. That is the good news of the gospel. That is Christ died. He was raised from the dead for this reason. It is the purpose of the restoration of the earth. The restoration of all things back to God back to christ and not only that now that we have been made ambassadors we as ambassadors what we need to know is that as ambassadors we are not ordinary citizens we are emissaries with the backing of the kingdom and because we are emissaries with the backing of the kingdom whatever we do is sanctioned by the government of the kingdom and the sanction is this heal the sick raise the dead cast out devils what are we doing we are dealing with issues that pertains to the night these are issues that pertains to darkness i hope god will give somebody understanding and you will realize that 
we are not only that, but we have been made an agent of light. An agent of light is not one who comes to sell light, but we ourselves, we are the light being presented to the world. And so, Christ has said in Matthew's gospel, you are the light of the world. What it means that you are a luminary in the likeness of Christ. Just as Christ in Matthew's gospel chapter 4 was a great luminary, he has also made us luminaries in him because he is in us. So we are great luminaries to our world. And as great luminaries to our world, the first command of light is separate from darkness. That is the charge of the ambassador. See, the kingdom of Christ is called the kingdom of light. In the book of Colossians, who has translated us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. So, whatever that we used to belong to is referred to as darkness. Whatever Christ is, is light. And he has taken us from that darkness into that light. The charge of the ambassador is that the person that you represent, number one, is light. He calls himself the light of the world. Can I read some scriptures to you? This is how Jesus refers to himself. I am the light of the world. John chapter 12 verse 46. I have come into the world as light. So whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. This is Jesus speaking. John chapter 9 verse 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This is Jesus himself speaking. So if Jesus calls himself the light and we are representing the light, the purpose of the light is to separate us from the darkness. But how is it that he is trying to separate us from the darkness, but we say that, no, as for this darkness, dear, we like it. We like it. There's nothing wrong with this darkness. Now, I'm, I'm going to say something funny, but it's very serious. The last time I asked a question here on this platform, that how many of us think that cheating during an exam was wrong? And everybody said they don't see anything wrong. Everybody on this platform said that there's nothing wrong with it. Everybody. So you see, cheating is darkness. <laughs> but you know what the children of the light are saying? After this darkness, dear, it is okay. We can entertain this darkness. We don't want to separate ourselves from this darkness. This darkness, dear, God can bear with us. Next week, we will talk about separate from darkness. We are talking about agents of light. If we don't understand this very foundation, whatever else we'll be building on, it will not make sense to us. But I want you to know that you and I, we are ambassadors of the new creation. Our assignment is to go and restore or reconcile the world back to God. We are supposed to get people back to the divine life. The question I want you to think about as we end this broadcast is this. How can you restore somebody to a divine life when you are not manifesting the divine life? How can you talk about living beyond sickness when you are a sickler? How can you talk about living beyond poverty? And you are so poor that even the broken chair does not want you to sit on it. So that you are further affected with your poverty. Have you ever seen an ambassador that is poor before? Have you ever seen an ambassador that lacks in resources? Have you ever seen an ambassador without protection before? I want you to think about these things. And if you are an ambassador and you are lacking these things, 
I believe that tonight you have to talk to God about some serious issues. Why are we not manifesting the privileges of the ambassador? I pray for you and I tonight that as we go out to ponder over this word, that the Spirit of God will give us understanding. That we will understand and know who we are in the Lord Jesus. That the Holy Spirit will endure us with grace to function in the light of his word. So that wherever we are, wherever we go, the light of Christ can shine mightily through us. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.